Hello, Henrietta. Welcome to the conversations with Jason Campbell and Henrietta Galina. And Henrietta, why don't you introduce this episode for us? Um, today we're going to talk about call-out culture. Call-out culture. <laughs> I think it's interesting. I think it's something that we've been talking about for a long time. I think it's just been part and parcel with the rise of social media, uh, the prevalence in our sort of day-to-day -day and professional lives. And obviously, everyone's talking about it. It's well documented. But I'm... And, and as well, this week, let's this week, some things has happened. Well, a lot of things have been happening. A lot of things have been happening surrounding call-out culture. When is, not, when is something not happening around call-out culture? Every day, someone's doing something that needs to be called out. And... Well, fair enough. But something happened closer to home this week um, that, that's... Uh, worthy of coverage, and that being the the Virgil, that being the Virgil photos. Oh, you forgot about that? How did you forget about that? I, did, I have no idea how I forgot. It's probably the seventeen things that got called out since the thing that happened yesterday. And you know, we talk about Virgil a lot here, and this is not always about black issues and so on and so forth. However, this is the big call out of the week, and as I said, this is close to home because this is something that I have been aware of that on Virgil's team at Off-White, there is nary a person of color on that team. And I have found that unacceptable and I found it offensive the entire time I've known it. And what was shocking to me was that his lack of awareness that he's he took photographs, you know, putting them in his stories, unaware that uh, there could possibly be uh, some scrutiny of his staff. But that's what call-out culture is. Call-out culture, <laughs> you know, have you look behind the situation or look what look at what's in front of you and call it for what it is. And I think that's what happened with, um, with the Virgil images this week. And that being that there was not one person of color in all the images that he uh, put on his Insta stories celebrating his design team in Milan. Yeah, and celebrating his, was it his design team or his company? His company and you yeah. know all the all the employees and so forth and literally not one person of color and Instagram and social media went in the comments and of course you know everyone not everyone people are really there supporting Virgil they 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 think his position is groundbreaking they people are fans of this man but for him to misstep in that way when we're talking about representation and inclusivity and he is the most prominent most visible most influential designer of color right now to not get that memo it's not even about getting that memo that should come from a visceral place that shouldn't even be a question that should be a personal mandate and for him not to even think about that I thought that was so I thought it was offensive and I'm glad that he was called out for that that's just an example of of a, of a just one call out yeah, example we'll we'll I dive we'll dive further I in I think that's definitely an example and something that we definitely spoke about this week I think that this is a broader conversation about I've just I've just really kind of been in it and and just observing for a while now and so my question to you this entire uh conversation that we're now bringing here is just to what end is is call out culture just the new social norm like is that just what we're doing now 
Um, yes, I, th- I think it <laughs> You're is. You're like, yes, and I'm going home now. <laughs> I think it is, and I'm happy for it. But I think we have to really speak about the dimensions of this, this terminology. You know, for me, a lot of people consider call-out culture to be about humiliating, decimating, annihilating, you know, people, brands, and, and so forth. That's not, that's not how I define it, and that's not how I see it. I think people should be allowed to make mistakes. I think that people should, there, there, there can be gaffes, and, and also an audience can call that out, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not a chance for redemption and a chance to do better and a chance to improve. But I think in this call-out culture as it's currently defined, it does speak a bit towards annihilation. I'm going to call you out and I'm going to bury you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that intention is important and I think that my whole thing with where we found ourselves with the broader scope of call-out culture for the most part is steeped in something that is incredibly negative. Like, call-out culture isn't someone being like, hey, just thought you might want to know, like, this is how I feel about this, but, like, by all means, let's contextualise that and, like, have a conversation. That's not call-out culture. That kind of attitude has happened it's called dialogue and that's been happening since the beginning of time. What I'm talking about is the intent to take someone down publicly. Like a public and, shaming. And I think that largely defines call-out culture. That whole thing of I'm having a visceral reaction to something that you've done mm-hmm. and you will suffer for that. And I think it's but, 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 the, but, and I think it's the suffering. I think it's the intention and the output of the suffering that is the call-out culture. Like Does sorry, it have to, I'm sorry, I just want to ask it. Does it have to have two parts, those two parts that you mentioned, where... No, because there is the nuance of it could be an unintentional call-out that had very dangerous ramifications, ramifications. Okay. and vice versa. But I think where we found ourselves is largely negative. I don't think that... I think we've overlooked the element of dialogue. We don't really give context to the things that we're calling out in this. And I think it's symptomatic of a number of things. It's almost the perfect storm. We're all headline readers. We're all sharing content that may or may not be true. Conversations aren't nuanced anymore because they're happening on these social platforms. Things have to be attention grabbing. So you're literally calling out an absolute distilled version of something that might have layers. Like there are many facets to this, but broadly, it's negative. The intention is usually from a negative place with the intention of the output to take someone down or shame them or have other people feel the way that you feel about something you're trying to actually ignite. Well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take a different angle. I'm going to take a different a- angle in this call out culture. I think And don't get me wrong, I think even coming from a negative the output could be positive. But here's the thing. I am going to approach this say from the consumer, the observer's perspective. And as a consumer, as an observer, as a person in the world, if I see something that um, out there that is improperly messaged or, or some visuals or whatever the case may be, if I see something wrong with a brand and how a brand is communicating something, and I'm empowered in this social media space, brilliant. How amazing now that we have that, the power to as well participate in the conversation, air our grievances, say what we feel, and because 
the brands have always historically had that power to spin. So they can be, oh, someone could, could have maybe raised us a small little point in the past and that brand just come in with their, you know, their legal eagles and their PR teams and their, and, and all of this sort of stuff and change completely the story. So in this age, I love how consumers are like emboldened and they're like, uh-uh, uh-uh. We have a lot of power now. We have a lot of power to voice what we feel. We have a lot of power to, to spend our money where we want to or not. And you can't just come in and spin us like you've always done. Yeah. And that's why I like this call out culture. Because it's in some way, it's like, it's how social media has democratized so much of Which this. Is... It really has. So I want to stay on that side of the, of the power of calling out. Which is completely fair, but... To your point, you can't just be like, I have the power now so I can wield it in any way I want. Well, it doesn't really not, work like that. That's not what I'm saying, though. No, that's think, not what I'm saying. I think my issue with, with this is we're not we're no longer having... And, and again, this is general... Gen, Generalization. <laughs> this is a general point. <laughs> I feel like we're no longer having nuanced conversations that require context and I think we are we're having a nuanced conversation right now <laughs> which is true but we take I'm talking about the the format and the the platforms on which these call outs happen right like call outs aren't two people sat in a room like having hashing it out and it's you it's usually in a public arena so that's what I'm talking about in in that sense and I think that yeah when you see something by all means say something but you also can't conflate a brand being out and out racist should be called out that's one extreme. But then a brand saying or doing something that you don't like or don't agree with, you can't conflate everything. And I think that's where we've found ourselves in a space that feels a little bit dangerous for me. Basically what's happening now is it's becoming harder for brands, um, individuals, celebrities, whatever, to have a point of view because people are scared of the fallout of what that point of view might mean, or they're nervous about the output or how that could be misconstrued or received. And so we're, we're getting into this lack of nuance where we're not having those dialogues. People aren't able to be fully themselves. People aren't able to have a really strong point of view. It's kind of like, we can be, we could dip our toe in, but we can't be all about it. Like you're punk, you love, you know, designers and brands and the old way that fashion used to be like, yeah, wait, that wait. was all predicated. Qualify on... that. Qualify that. No, I want to be careful that you're not putting me in a in a no, bucket that's that's no, not in me. Terms of, <laughs> in terms of when we talk about fashion in the eighties and the nineties and like that real rigor, that point of view, that time stamping culture, that pushing culture forward. I don't necessarily... You can't do that necessarily no, today. I don't because think that's everyone's... relevant to this conversation. But to it be is honest. But it is relevant because what I'm saying is this call out culture is impacting the way that people are navigating spaces. It's impacting the way that people are distilling point of views. It's it's navigating people's ability to wholly be because everything has to be tapered to make sure that no one's offended it's getting a little bit too politically correct again now. my viewpoint on this is very different my view is that brands have held all the power they could tell us whatever the hell they want in the past they could do whatever they want and we were not empowered to respond in any way we couldn't really challenge them maybe a journalist and and i think this is the point maybe a journalist for the new york times or for whatever publication was able to write an article and maybe you know do some investigative journalism take take a brand to task or question them about an initiative or something like this it used to be much more narrow in how brands were challenged 
challenged. But now in this age, we are all we can all challenge. We can all challenge how things are done if we think that it should be improved, it should change. And that's why I like this age. I'm like, wait a minute. Power to the people. This is what's happening now. If, if, if we have like taken away all taken away some of the power from the brands, we're in a great position now to be messaged to, to be communicated to, to be sold to in the ways that are acceptable to us, in the ways that we want rather than top down, we are a part of the conversation. And that's a part of the call out culture. We prefer this. We don't like that. This is not good. I understand what you're saying. And I fundamentally agree <laughs> I do I fundamentally agree but, but I just look at it slightly differently because what you're talking about to me is participation participation is awesome but that is but we were not able to participate before because social media wasn't really there so True. call out and participation is almost in the same parcel but it isn't though because participation in dialogue in culture and in, in the way that things are is fine I'm talking about that specific thing of this is not part of my agenda or I don't like this or this offended me or this is a problem. This whole idea of being able to call people out. I mean, fundamentally, people are going out of business, small businesses, brands are going out of business. There's like people are being shamed, people are getting death threats. Like these are people's lives. So I think we need to hold ourselves accountable and be a bit more responsible about the things that we're calling out and the way in which we're doing them. And I think that's the element that I'm talking about. It's not, I'm not indicting well, I mean, people's this... ability to participate in a larger conversation. I mean, are you talking about a community meeting? I don't really understand what you're proposing. Are you, are you, this is this sort of kumbaya kind of thing, like, oh, well, we shouldn't call this certain things out because, you know, that woman who sews this or, you know, that, that executive assistant along the line, I, I don't really understand. Like, if something is wrong, if something needs to be called out, call it out. I'm not going to think about, you know, the domino effect of... of, of 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 what would happen. No, call it out because it's wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not into this editing. I'm not into this selective, oh, well, let's call it out in this instance, but not in this because of the, you know, the impact here. No, I mean, Henrietta, we live in a world where there are millions and millions and tens of millions of businesses. Like, things come and go. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with things being mean-spirited and, 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 and intentionally, you know, there for ruination. No, that's not, I'm not, that's not what I'm proposing, but I am, I'm okay with standing on your platform, speaking your mind and saying if you have a problem with a way that a brand has communicated something or shown something or expressed something. I don't have a problem with that. And there, yes, surely there will be ramifications. Some brands may go out of business as a result, but again, I don't, I, I don't have a problem with that. I guess what I'm really speaking to and reacting to is the again I keep saying this repeatedly the lack of nuance and even the lack of dialogue like I saw the other day there was someone who was an influencer who called out Glossier for some unsustainable practices or something and I was like I know that you know or at the very least have access to Emily and that is a conversation that you could have had with her directly like it wasn't even like you're a customer who um, doesn't know anyone and maybe tried customer service and you're going to your social, like, I know you literally could have gone to the founder of that company and had this conversation for an actual meaningful dialogue that could have impacted some meaningful change. How do you know she didn't go to the owner to have said conversation? Because I know her. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> 
trying to make this a little bit more like <laughs> incognito, but thank you. Um, and I thought it was interesting because I thought if you really wanted to make change, you really could have gone direct to the source and said, look, this is, I feel really strongly about this. I'd love to have this conversation. Like, how can I help? Let's move this forward. For all she knows, Emily could be like, that's the next rollout, blah, blah, blah. It was just interesting to me because I was like, but that wasn't your intention. Your intention was to call her out and create a certain environment and have you be the face or the far forefront of that. And I just well, thought this... that was really interesting because I was just like, that's just something that just, that post, it's just something that just didn't need to happen. Like it could have just happened behind closed doors and it could have just been what it was. Those things are interesting to me. And also the things that we're calling out, I just think that there are certain things that if you don't like it, don't participate with that brand, like don't buy that brand. There are just certain <laughs> things, like not everything, not everything deserves the, the downfall of people and businesses and Surely companies. not. Like, but that's also, what I'm saying. But also, Henrietta, not every article that is written in magazines and newspapers about whatever said subject needs to be written either. You know what I mean? It's, the same, it's, it's, it's a very similar thing. And very much about this call-out culture is that, you know, we, uh, a lot of people have become so-called journalists. I, 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 I know that's a bastardization of that, of that title. But have become so-called journalists. They can all participate. They can all have a point of view and, and ear that. For example, I was struck by, and I, I think I think we d briefly discussed it early this week, and please help me with this model's name. I, her Instagram handle is like Adesuma. She's this Nigerian model who participated in the D the Dior show, the recent Dior um, cruise show in, in Morocco. And as an African model, and she wrote this in her, this is a brief that she wrote on her Instagram page stating, um, just sort of breaking down her participation in this show that was a Dior show that was all Africa. And apparently, the way that it was set up before it actually went down the runway, or what the storyline was, was just about, you know, a European brand celebrating, you know, the African continent that has been done, you know, many a times before. But she just didn't, especially in this age, she didn't feel comfortable with that. She's just like, well, why is Dior, why is Dior trying to own Africa? Why is Morocco the, 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 the nucleus of the continent? And, and various questions like that. And apparently she was quite ardent about, she was quite persistent rather, about making sure that she spoke to um, Maria Grazia, uh, who's the designer at Dior, about what her intentions about this collections were and why she's going in this direction and, and so on and so forth and why the, the, the talents, the African talents who have historically created the, the prints and the, the fabrics and so on and so forth, how come they're not being celebrated in this exercise? And so I thought it was a very interesting thing and how interesting that she was able to write about it in another age, please, a model taking such a position, even be able to put it on her Instagram, challenging the designer, and and having the the design team in fact change the narrative to in to make it more about um, African artisans and so on and so forth. And because of that call out, fine, she you know she she did it privately and then did it publicly. But because of that call out, she was able to sort of steer that narrative in a different direction that ultimately was better for the brand, better for um, for the delivery, and better all round. And that's one example. But that is a great example, Jason, because that's full well not what I'm talking about, because that 
that literally is an example that has the nuance, the dialogue, the context that I'm talking about. Okay, but but my darling, but like, you can't what? you can't you can't tailor you can't tailor every opinion and every response to there being a very you know um, polite nice conversation with the with 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 the person That's that you're I'm challenging. That's Come what on, I'm saying I'm just I just feel like we are just in a space, and maybe it's because I'm I'm in it every single day, like I'm. Um, you know, making brand decisions. I'm on social media all of the time. I'm engaging with our customers. I'm engaging with other brands' social channels. You know, a brand says they're becoming size inclusive. Awesome, they're extending their sizes. But why not this? It's performative, you're fake, you're awful, die. You know, you're talking about uh, sustainable practices. Right, but you still use that, you still do that. Like nothing is good enough. And I think that that's what I'm talking about. There's just this conflation of rage but I, actually, that I think is really interesting this is rage. so funny no but it is we are in the age of rage age of rage okay Literally. wait a minute let's let's pause on that the age of rage okay uh, listeners carry on <clears throat> i mean it just really is and 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 i'm obviously i'm british and rage used to be it was like you would go on a rager that was a good thing and now i'm talking about actual rage now unfortunately as i as i age um an example i was on set uh a while ago and you know it was hot and we had this whole thing around like headdress to protect you know it started out to protect models then it was like Cool. Then it was like all these different headdresses. <laughs> the response was, we cannot use any of these images. And I'm talking about headdresses like, you know, chiffon scarves and like silk scarves, like fashion, like it's fashion, fashion, not 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 religion. <laughs> right. Couldn't use any of the images mm-hmm. because some of the decision makers. I don't want to get involved in any conversation about Muslims. I don't want to get involved in any conversation about cultural appropriation. I don't, and I'm literally like. You were right. Well, that, like, that could have something to do with the identity of the those decision makers rather than the subject itself. Maybe their lack thought, of lack of understanding of the nuances surrounding that subject have them shy away, run away, in fact, from addressing it head on. That's a different kind of thing right, as well. But I just think that's interesting that, you know, creative and business decisions are made with that fear of the rage and the call-out culture in mind. And this is not to be confused by making... Uh, creative and business decisions that are mindful and considerate of culture. We should be factoring all of those things into our decision-making. But when we're making snap decisions of something on a head, nope. You know, it just, it, that's what I'm talking about. I think for me, it's the context and the nuance. It just feels lost in a way that everything feels black and white. You're mad, it's acceptable. You could do this, you can't do that. No, it just feels a little bit too black and white where we're not having nuanced discussions about what it is and what it isn't. Well, I, I, in a way, I think you're seeing this very black and white because think about like when scandals happen out there to a celebrity or to a business or something. You know, the scandal happens. Oh, everything is thrown up in the air. The conversations happen. Things simmer down, and oftentimes better practices are put in place. It's okay sometimes. It's okay sometimes for a company to be super ruffled, or for an individual to be super ruffled, so they can kind of like shake them themselves into into thinking about what people are responding to out there, and ultimately, hopefully, make a change that is going to be responsive to an audience's you know criticism. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Why coddle? I don't. Coddling? Why? Yeah, I, I, I do. I, 
I think we're just getting into this homogeneity across the board where it's just, it's standard that people are gonna have a negative opinion of something and everything has to be like diluted and there's walking on eggshells. I just, I'm feeling this temperament change especially in an industry like fashion that is provocative. And again, I'm not talking about versions of racism and sexism and, you know, homophobia and, and xenophobia and all of those things that are obviously awful and should be called out. I'm not talking about those things. How provocative can you be as a fashion brand? Do you remember even like all of the, you know, some of the old Calvin Klein or some of the things that we think are iconic now, like, the temperature of the age wouldn't allow for any of those things to happen. Any of the things that we love about fashion, like just a lot of those things couldn't happen today. And I'm glad that they couldn't because, let's for example, you know, with the issues surrounding pedophilia, with the issues surrounding human trafficking and real issues that may not have been addressed at a certain age. Yeah, no, no, no. Bring that to the spotlight. That's okay. Calvin Klein, I'm sorry. Back in the day, I may not have been uh, mature enough to have thought of, you know, how sort of sketchy uh, uh, a campaign like that was, you know, kids in basements, you know, in, in dim lighting, um, half uh, half clothed. Like, come on! Do you think you know that I'm, I'm not even talking about that? Oh my god, I can't. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. That we there is no. But here's another thing, Henrietta. I need to get this point out. You know, I mentioned journalists before. We are no longer, and let's keep this specific to fashion, we are no longer in an age of, of, a, of a robust pool of journalists who are analyzing, critiquing, and following this business. Actually, in fact, they have largely gone away. They're nary a critic in this business any longer. So... Can oh, you be, can you even be a critic oh, in this business anymore? This oh, is what I'm saying. Well, that's the whole point. So... Robin give a part on this. No, but Robin alternatively... Givon. She's the truth. She's amazing. Robin Givon, yes. Okay, fine. She's there. But alternatively, then it's almost like we're, we're, we're calling on individuals. We're calling on the population for them to, in fact, be the, you know, to, to, to take the role of journalists in many ways, the opinionists and so forth. And I think that's what has happened. It may not be as well honed as say a journalist with a degree but you know what opinions are opinions and a lot of these people putting out these opinions they are consumers and they exactly. <laughs> yeah but opinions are like assholes jason we all have one you need to be responsible with them that's all i'm saying like you... i think there is a responsibility to just think about what you're saying what you're putting out there and if you have an indictment like be informed, think about context, think about nuance, think about the ramifications, think about the output. I just believe that that is the way we should conduct ourselves. And I don't disagree, but I have to say, Henrietta, you and I have discussed many, many subjects that literally were brought about because of call-out culture. So many things that, I mean, a lot of the subjects... No, no, we, Jason, that is not where we get our information from. No, that's not where we get Come our information. That's but, not this where, that's not, of, but this is where... This is how it spreads because this is where a lot of people are getting their information. No, from. it's not where we get our information necessarily, but it's, it's it's some of the top line headline issues that we do get it from in these call out cultures. I just mentioned two this week. I mentioned Dior and I mentioned Virgil. You've Those are the two. Been, you've always been talking about Virgil. Well, no, 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 no. But this is different. What happened this week was this was the quintessential example of call-out culture where Virgil is concerned. This just happened this week. The same thing happened with Dior in a, in a bit of a nuanced way. So it's right, it's right now. And I feel, I feel that it serves a very strong place, not to destroy and annihilate, but to 
to raise shame issues. people into not sh- sometimes also, shaming sometimes also a lot shaming. of it is to shame people into True. getting the results that align with your point of view and True. I think that that could somewhat be challenging because when we get le- when we when we're talking less about the cult- the larger cultural themes like racism and appropriation talking about certain things that uh, I mean it could be as simple as I can't believe you made that top in yellow because that doesn't look good on me. Mm. Or like, I can't believe you didn't put sleeves on that <laughs> on that shirt because I don't like to show, what about people who don't like to show their arms? Like, it could be as personal as that in a way that it's like, I'm sorry that we didn't make the sleeve, this particular shirt with sleeves, but I'm sure that you can find another brand that has made a shirt with sleeves. This is what I'm saying. At what point are we just going to stop being angry and actually just put things down that don't need to be picked up? And do you know what I mean? Like, there used to be this whole thing when there used to be five channels. If you didn't like what you were watching, you would change the channel. Like, I just feel like we've lost a lot of that self-management of how do you tailor your way you're getting your information? How are you... How are you navigating through spaces in a way that is mindful and and smart and like just not every not everything is going to make everyone happy like if you can't navigate through social media or through the fashion landscape or through life without just having this onboarding like I'm mad this is not some things just aren't for some people some things can just be overlooked not everything needs to have this constant but Henrietta the the premise of social media is in fact about a constant. So in this in this increase of opinion giving, opinion making, and expressing, um, the same thing has happened with the, the our visibility. We're we're putting our images out there so much more. So people are seeing so much more individual. And in fact, they're actually almost asking more of you in terms of your opinion, your position. We talk about activism culture. Isn't that what this is all a part of? You have to, hold a moment, you have to stand for, you have to stand for something. And in many ways, yes, it gets conflated. I know, I know it. There's no pure, there's no purity here. It does get conflated. But in many ways, this is the space that we're in. We're all more public than we've ever been. And that comes with just our, our physical image and that comes with our opinions. And I think that is what th- that's what um, this time is about. So yeah, you're hearing more of what people think because the, it's facilitated by the platforms that are out there. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think all of this in part and parcel of just like a high level of communication, a high level of expression, and a high level of awareness of this age. Yeah, even within this conversation, it requires you to qualify and contextualize and get really specific about what you're saying, which is the complete antithesis of what I'm even talking about when it comes to call-out culture. I'm not talking about activism. I'm not talking about participation. I'm not talking about not having a right to have a convers- an opinion. I'm not conflating all of those issues. I'm talking about the very specific... I mean, even now we're seeing Facebook accounts and Instagram accounts dedicated to calling things out and while yeah I'm sure that even at best some of their content is great and informative and all the things that should be happening there's always that percent that is really dangerous and like are we and are we looking at that because we're getting ourselves into a cycle oh, okay okay now, no, now, I, now, now no, you're carrying no, on listen, can we talk said, about Fox News no, for, can I we talk about Fox best. News for a second this is a 24 hour bloody um, a cable news channel that actually establishes itself on, 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 on disseminating negative harmful 
really, really terrible information, but yet this is a, a significant part of our information gathering in this culture, at least for some people. But like, look at a platform. That's exactly what I'm But look at a platform are, like those that. Those are the platforms that I'm exactly talking about. We were just talking specific to fashion. But yeah, we could talk about Fox News. That's a aside. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. We have those versions in our industry where we have, and like I said, at best, some of the content is meaningful and well-researched and, and has positive impacts because we're calling out and having the dialogues about the things we should be. But there are also accounts that are popping up that are just hate, hateful accounts that are dedicated to perpetuating that hate through calling people and brands and entities out. That's largely what I'm talking about. And I'm just saying we're finding ourselves in a cycle that as we continue to talk about call-out culture and continue to conflate a whole bunch of things from the hateful to the meaningful and the important to the very unnecessary, I'm just saying we're finding ourselves on very unsteady ground and we're building a cycle that is getting a little bit too convoluted. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And I think it's important. Uh, this feels like a conversation that we're going to have again, for sure, at least in a, in, a, in a different or an adjacent way. But I think we should uh, highlight some of these platforms that are calling out culture, that being Diet Prada um, on Instagram. Um, Hot Lumod. I don't think you know this guy. This is a young guy who's on YouTube. Hot oh, yeah, Lumod. Who, I have to tell you, this... this Young man has so he levels some really strong, insightful opinions on this business. He's a he's a call out culture one, and then there's one you recently introduced me to surrounding the beauty industry that I find Estee Laundry. Estee Laundry. Those are those are three. Those are three. We would love to hear from you of any others that you feel um, falls under this umbrella and cite those. You know, look at look at those platforms and see and 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 let give some give us some opinion. Those are definitely three entities that have risen to the top. I don't think that they're... Lar largely, I don't think that they're a part of the problem that I'm talking about. Yes, I do think that there are elements of Diet Prada and Estee Laundry, and even like Haute Mode, I think the way in which he positions things just feels very unnecessary. There are elements that are problematic, but there are also elements that I acknowledge are problematic based on my personal beliefs, not based on, do you know what I mean? <laughs> In the way that I personally can't reconcile with that, but I'm not going to be like, it shouldn't exist, it shouldn't happen, this is wrong, this is, I'm not going to indict them for it. I also have friends who are like, I don't like Diet Prada, I think that they're really negative, I don't like what they're doing. So do you know what they do? They don't follow them. Oh, what a, what a, what a thought. What, <laughs> what, a thought. A, what a novel and what revolutionary a novel idea. idea. But Do you, you know, see what I mean? And, I, and this is what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about those nuances. I'm, so I, just to be clear, I actually wasn't really thinking about those types of accounts. I'm talking about, you know, and, and I work in the size inclusive space. So it's a very charged environment. And um, I was talking to actually one model who showed me three Instagram accounts that were dedicated to essentially calling her out, oh, wore this thing today, why'd she do that, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's just dedicated to, like, calling out, like, her every misstep, her every um, unflattering outfit, her every reasons why she basically shouldn't be a model. And it's, I was just like, people spend time doing that. Yeah, there they are do. They other want, accounts they, where it's like, have. you know, this one photoshopped or this one celebrities that do. It's just, it's, it's, it's just really interesting. But I do acknowledge that I'm in a very specific set of circumstances where I'm 
I'm really looking at things a lot deeper than maybe the average person, but it's really interesting to see how insidious it is to like permeate the larger cultural framework and conversation. Well, I think we're talking about- way in which people aren't even really aware of how it's infiltrating. I think we're just talking about people. I think that's what I th- think that's what we're talking. We're just talking about people. I have to tell you this. I, as you know, I had a very popular Instagram account that nearly half a million uh, followers, and that was such an incredible uh, experience in this social media space. Oh, the amount of, and I curated culture. I still curate culture, but I curated culture across the board. I put a lot of things out there as food for thought. Everything that um, uh, appeared on my feed. It wasn't like I was taking a position. A lot of things were just put out there to, you know, to get to have people thinking and to maybe have way in. The vitriol, <laughs> the vitriol that you get from some people surrounding things that you, that was you didn't even mean. It had no meaning, had no context. It was just a, it was just an image, just out there. But you got so much back. I think that was my training ground for really understanding how twisted and how irrelevant <laughs> some things some opinions and some things are out there and I think yeah just because you, there's a cacophony of, of, of sounds and, and negativity that comes at brands and comes at people I think you just parse through them you take you take on what's relevant to you take on what's important you take on what's meaningful you know trolling is a real thing there's a lot of trolling a lot of people are just putting negative opinion just to put it out there they're sitting on their living room couches and have no life and they're, they're just doing that so that's also a part of it but I can't you know I can't coddle this whole thing and be like, oh, well, da, 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 this, this is a bad opinion here, there's a bad opinion there, why are there bad opinions like that? No. That's you, not what you this cut, is You cut though. through, you know, you cut through, you take on what's valuable and dismiss what isn't. You know, so that's been my experience with, let's say, this call-out culture, because this trolling is very much but about the no call-out culture as well. But you no longer have that account anymore. But I still get, I, even with my lesser numbers, I still... Look at some of my comments. I still get that same. No, no. I still get that same feedback mm-hmm. because I curate in a very similar way. I curate culture, and a lot of people have opinions on particular things that, again, are not necessarily intended. It was just sort of held up right, to view. To my point about that call out culture of you no longer have that account anymore, while other people who are doing very similar things still have their account. But, but, good point. So <laughs> that shit has consequences. <laughs> like. Do you know what I mean? To good, what end? Good point. To what end? Good point. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Good point. You know, you don't have that. You're not able, you were not able to do that on, you've had to build your account from scratch. You lost a significant following, largely because of this environment that we found ourselves in. That's what I'm saying. Now you have had to pivot. That is a ramification that... Do you know what I mean? And yeah, that's, true, that's true. what I'm saying. To what end is true? But again, yeah. But again, you know my feelings as well on this space. But also, <laughs> that's not important to you. Like you are, you had a social influence. You had a social following. That if you were built differently, or if you were someone else, that could level you. It could have leveled me again. That could but level you. Someone 100%. who I have influencer friends who have a significantly less following than you make a lot of money through that. They get a lot of their self-worth, right or wrong, they just do from from having that influence or that following. If their accounts went away tomorrow, they would be flawed. So it just so happens that doesn't make up your self-worth or your or your professional value or anything like that. So good for you. You're just like it went away and I you do, you do, you do. I'll start again. I built it once, I could do it again. Not everyone has that mentality. Sometimes these ramifications have consequences and well, impact just... the way in which people move in the spaces and see themselves. And I just, I think that that's worth 
talking about. Um, absolutely. And I, I again, I, I've always had or <laughs> maybe been forced to have uh, a healthy, sane perspective on this on this platform, you know, because of what I have experienced on it. And, you know, my feeling on the Instagram and you all don't, those but things. You don't not, care. Like, you not, don't even it's care. It's not like, real. I it, had more anxiety about it than you did. You were like, oh, I'll deal with it next because week. Because it's not real. Also, it's not real, But also, space. you have a very different vantage point because you've lived a pre-social media, pre-digital life. 100%. you've been able to build your character and your life and the just framework of your identity exactly. on other factors. Are we even factoring in what this kind of call-out culture conflated with cyberbullying, conflated with activism, conflated with big issues and non-important issues, what that does to the framework and the psyche of people who are born into this? They don't know any difference. So this largely is impacting and shaping and informing a lot of who these people, who people are. Do you know what I mean? 100%. 100%. And (laughs) I I think, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists are going to have a field day, um, you know, analyzing people and and, and how they've been impacted uh, in this period from social media and in terms of like stuff, in terms of identity and all of those sort of things. I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, um, reckoning. There's going to be a reckoning for this time in terms of how people identify What's themselves. really interesting is I was having a really great conversation with a friend of mine who heads digital at an agency and they're doing a lot of kind of the typical how do we tap into the millennial Gen Z mindset and mm-hmm. like wallet share. And we were talking about statistics of how many millennials, but particularly Gen Z, are moving off of social media for multiple reasons. Mm. It's not making them feel good about themselves. Mm. There's actually a large sect of people who want to challenge themselves to develop a pre-internet brain, Mm. which I was like... Love, love. like, what? Okay. That's really interesting. And they were literally like, if I'm not getting my, my information from internet, particularly the social media... I need to be, I need to think about things and move through and navigate my life differently, which I thought was interesting. There's also like an anxiety that comes from, obviously this is a larger social media conversation about the likes and who's seeing and who's not seeing, but there is a, a an anxiety that comes from putting something out there and any sort of negative response based off of a misconstrued connotation or whatever so that's also a reason where it's like I just don't want to put stuff out there Mm -hmm. that could follow me because also what we're not talking about context what we're not being mindful of is how something could be done one day Mm -hmm. and then two five ten years down the line we're in a different temperature a different environment where that one thing you did two years ago is considered unacceptable today and so there are actually young kids who are like I'm not going to put myself out there like that because I want to get a job in 10 years like how am I going to pay off these student loans if the one thing I did 10 years ago is not acceptable to as we become more politically correct and more homogenous as a society right I don't know where the social norms are going, so I would just rather... And, and <laughs> That's these an interesting, are, That's these an interesting, are interesting layered it. conversations yeah, true, and perspectives true. that I young agree. kids are having as a result of this negativity of call-out culture. And I think that it is layered and it's complicated and it's a lot. But I think it's just worth having these conversations around things that are largely 
broad strokes. I agree. I 100% agree. And on that note, I, this conversation is not finished by any means. This was a much longer conversation. <laughs> it was a much longer conversation. I know. It's going to be like a 20 minute, like, I know. you love pull out culture. <laughs> I'm not into it. Exactly. And here we are. We could talk for another hour, but we won't. But we'll do that in another episode. Thank you for joining us. See you the next time. Bye. Uh, it's my time for something.